This is On the Mat and in the Ring with Coco, and I am your host, Coco. First, let me start by saying I'm so sorry that I've been gone for some time, you guys. But clearly, with everything going on with the COVID-19, I just need a little bit of time to relax, evaluate. I'm an essential worker, so I still have to work, you guys. Also, I just wanted a little time to evaluate some things that's going on here. And let's just start with WrestleMania. Now, originally, I was going to give you guys this new episode the day after WrestleMania, but I was just so, I don't even want to say confused, but to a degree confused, a little lost in the sauce. And I just didn't know how to bring some of my concerns to you guys. But let's go ahead and start back at WrestleMania and see what we can figure out together. So for the first time in history, WrestleMania was a two-night event. And it's also the first time in WrestleMania history that there was no audience. Also, this is the first time in WrestleMania history that it wasn't held at a stadium. It was freaking held at the Performance Center. Also, <laughs> also, this is the first time in WrestleMania history that it was actually not live. It was pre-recorded. So, let's just start out with the whole vibe of WrestleMania. Weird, okay? Weird. Honestly, the whole weekly showings are weird. I've not been watching the weekly episodes really. Um, you know, when they air just for the simple fact that it's just not as exciting to want to sit there and see what's going on when there's no audience. A lot of people, and because I'm not going to say everybody because there's going to be people to disagree, but there's a lot of people that will argue that a good portion of the excitement of wrestling is the audience. Let's be honest. Take a look at it. Now, if you have some common sense and are pretty smart, this should not be a shock to you. Certain things in this world are controlled by an audience. Comedy. Yeah, you can watch a stand-up special on TV and guess what? They're always doing it in front of an audience. How many times have you seen somebody actually do a stand-up special like and there's no audience? Part of something being entertaining is a reaction. And I don't know what anybody may tell you, but anybody with common sense will tell you that a good portion of the excitement of wrestling, of sports entertainment in general, is reaction, shock factor, wow factor, but still boils down to reactions and some emotion, but that's still technically a reaction to a degree. One thing that makes these stories pop that makes you so invested in these characters and their stories are the fan reactions. It's not the same type of feeling when you don't get to see how people react. You'll have 14,000 people in a building, in an arena, on a weekly episodic show, and 
maybe only 10,000 of those people are cheating. And there's a 1,000 of them that's booing. And another 1,000 is just lost in the sauce and don't know what's going on. And the other just probably don't even care because they just came for maybe a business meeting or for their kids or whatever. So, again, it boils down to reaction. So, looking at it. Because honestly, I've been just watching it on Hulu maybe three or four days later just because I can't really bear to watch too much with no audience. Now, if I'm invested in certain things, I have watched them when they air like Edge. Yeah, when he first came back to Raw, guess what? That was when the audience had just disappeared and they started doing it at a performance center. I was so invested in Edge's story that I said, you know what? I'm going to watch this. I want to see what the fuck is going on here. So me being me, I was raised during the Attitude Era. So for me and my older brother, I remember those days watching, you know, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys fight, beat the hell out of each other, put on these great performances, give us these these history-defining moments give us these just moments that we have talked about for over 20 years, that we have cherished, that we felt like were unfreaking believable, that inspired men and women around the world to want to go into this profession. I was invested in Edge because of the career he has had, the moments he has given us as a solo act, as a tag team, whatever the case may be. He is one of the best that have ever stepped foot in the square circle. And me, I was freaking invested. So I didn't give a damn that there was no audience. I wanted to know what the hell was going on with Edge. So I tuned in. I was like, okay, that was a great fucking promo. I'm sitting back with my glass of wine and I'm looking like this shit is going to be awesome. Edge did not let me the freak down. Let me tell you. Since he's left wrestling, I follow his career. You know, he has done some acting. Let me not say some acting. I feel like me saying some acting is disrespectful. I will never disrespect one of the greats. He has turned to an acting career, a very successful acting career. Um, I watched Vikings, one of my favorite shows. Somebody actually uh, turned me on to the show and I came late. I was a, a, a late comer to the show. They had already been on for uh, about three seasons by the time I was uh, made aware of it. And, you know, seeing Edge on there. And even though it's not like he had a huge part in the show, like he's not a main character. Anytime he's on camera, he gives you a solid performance. Believable. Feels authentic. When he did his other show. I sat there and I would watch and I'll say, you know what? People thought this was funny when they said that Edge was gonna, he was gonna, uh, you know, go to acting. But guess what? He made it believable. He, he literally made me feel what his character was going through. Sincerely, it did. So I will definitely have to say that it's, uh, it's definitely worth it. That's for sure. Um, and I just now realized, I don't think I said it, but the show I'm referring to is Haven. He did Haven for, I think, three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Three, four, three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
because I don't think he was in season one. I can't remember now because I've only watched the show once, but I do want to watch it again. But he's also made appearances in The Flash. He's made appearances um, in what's that one show? I always get it wrong. I always get it mixed up with this other show that comes on. Uh, I think it's Gold Strike or Gold. No, Gold. No way, no. I'll, did I just say that wrong? Okay, look. Ghost Mine, I think that it was. But the point being is he has definitely turned, have has had two careers. There's very few people in this world that can have successful multiple careers in different venues, uh, ventures, I'm sorry. And he is one of the, the he's, he's one of the 1% in the population that can do it. Um, especially that very small percentage within the wrestling community. So the point being, I was invested in his story. So I sat there to watch. Um, to be honest, and I really hate to say this, but even with the whole no audience and, you know, not the possibility of too many things happening because, you know, there's li- extremely limited staff there. I'm more, I'm more keen to watch Raw than I am SmackDown. Like, to be honest, SmackDown has been struggling since this whole, like, Fox, you know, USA thing. And I was super excited to find out that WWE signed this Fox deal some years ago when I first found out. And I was so interested to see how this was going to go. I was even more interested and super curious to see how the draft was going to go. When I say, in my personal opinion, I felt like this draft went left, honey. It went left. Because just like I thought, Raw got basically all the good people, as they usually do, because they're the flagship show, and they also get the three picks to SmackDowns, too. I um, I definitely felt like SmackDown got the short end of the stick. <laughs> it reminds me of back in the day uh, with the original brand. Of spin- it's, uh, I cannot talk today, you guys. The original brand extension. Uh, back in 2004 when Ric Flair got reintroduced uh, into the company and he was in a storyline with Vince McMahon and they were, you know, basically beefing and, you know, they ended up splitting the company because Rick had claimed he had, you know, purchased shares and all this and that's when they did the brand extension when in reality it was just that WWE had you know, um, I cannot talk to that, you guys. I'm so sorry. But they had um, acquired WCW and ECW. You know, the whole Invasion storyline, if you guys remember, which was one of the best freaking storylines in any sports entertainment history ever. One of the best storylines because so much crazy shit happened. Some of the best moments, some of the history-defining moments, some of the best history-defining moments actually occurred during that storyline um so I definitely feel like you know they can make some good storylines but the point being here is that you know that was the original brand extension I remember and if you remember if you were watching wrestling around that time that a lot of of the superstars jumped from Raw to Smackdown and before they did it a lot of some of them complained about being on Raw and asked to go to SmackDown because the competition was better. And when you really look at it, the competition was better on SmackDown. But I felt like that was back when SmackDown had way more respect. I feel like over the years, I'm not 100% sure if it's more on the company's end or more on the WWE Universe's end or maybe a, a good portion of both. To be honest, this is one of the things that has me clueless. 
somehow over the years, SmackDown has lost some type of respect because even though there's still some things, some moments, you'll be like, oh, okay, this was cool. This happened on SmackDown. But a lot more of the good stuff happens on Raw. It's like, it used to be so balanced where you would be like, oh man, this happened on Monday now, I can't believe this. This was awesome. Then you go to SmackDown and you like, oh, like they on SmackDown, you know they about to, you know, after what happened on Raw, like so-and-so got to clap back. But now it's just like, okay, yeah, this happened on Raw. And it's just like, you usually don't even care about what happens on SmackDown now. Which really bothers me because you have some really good star power on SmackDown. So what I'm trying to understand is how and where did SmackDown lose this respect? Did they lose their momentum? Like, I'm a little confused as to what has happened. It's just, it's not the same anymore. And I just think that's really, really strange. Like... People used to be so excited to see Raw and SmackDown both. And now it's just, oh, okay, yeah, Raw. And you don't really hear people saying too much about SmackDown, which I think is very, very odd. I I definitely think that's extremely odd. Um, Just to name off some people from the SmackDown roster, and we're going to get to this in a moment. Now, I'm going to say, like most places, this is subject to change, which some of the stuff has changed. Uh, SmackDown roster currently includes Big E. Bo Dallas, who um, we don't see much. He was part of the B team. But as you guys heard, as of yesterday, uh, yesterday was May 1st. As of yesterday, Curtis Axel has been released by WWE, if you were not aware. Uh, So Bo Dallas still remains. And if I'm not mistaken, they fired. Let me not say if I'm not mistaken. I am correct on this. They did fire Bo Dallas's father. So Bo Dallas's and Bray Wyatt's father... IRS, as you remember him, he was actually fired, um, along with a few other superstars that were released. Um, Braun Strowman, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, Drew Gulak, Elias, who I'm definitely not a fan of, uh, The Fiend Bray Wyatt, uh, Grand Metalik, Jackson Ryder, Jeff Hardy, The Usos, John Morrison, Kalisto, uh, Baron Corbin, Kofi Kingston, uh, I always say his name, uh, Lince Dorado. Okay. I definitely said it right. The Miz, Mojo Raleigh, Mustafa Ali, Otis, uh, Robert Roode, the big dog, Roman Reigns, who I'm a very huge fan of, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura, Chad Gable, because the shreddy G thing is just disrespectful. So Chad Gable, Steve Cutler, Tucker, Wesley Blake, and Xavier Woods. That's just for male talent, you guys. Uh, as a female talent, they have uh, Alexa Bliss, who I'm not a fan of. Bailey, who I feel like is one of the most underrated superstars of all time. She is extremely talented. I just feel like it's hard for her, her gimmick to get over. Her gimmick is not getting over. Um, I definitely love the fact that they finally cut her hair shorty because when she first cut it, it was definitely grandmage. Uh, the gear, definitely not a fan of. Um, I do have some ideas for gear for her, so I feel, feel like they should definitely look at different options for her gear that will also help her character develop and probably be help her be more receptive, uh, people be more receptive to her. Uh, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Lacey Evans, Mandy Rose, Naomi, Nikki Cross, The Boss, 
Sasha Banks, The Blueprint, one of my all-time favorites. Sonya Deville, who has so much potential and I feel like it's not utilized properly. And Tamina Snuka. Um, I really... I don't even know how to say this the right way. So let me just be completely honest here. Just looking at the overall roster, Big E, definitely a great talent. Um, I really hate to say this, but I think it'd be impossible for him to have an extremely successful singles career. Uh, People like him, but you notice that pretty much the whole time, most of his success has always come from him being in a stable being in a faction being in like a more of a group setting or you know duo setting but the whole um, singles thing it the singles run didn't go so well um but I think he's extremely talented though he's extremely talented I wish they could find a way to get him that successful career I think he can really have Bo Dallas I've never really been a fan of Bo Dallas um to be honest not even trying to be funny or disrespectful. I feel like he really only got the opportunity because of who his dad is. Um, whereas his brother, Bray Wyatt, um, he's a, uh, let's be honest, he has the talent. Um, I honestly was not a fan of the Wyatt family or Bray Wyatt, but I would still watch their storylines because he was so interesting as a character. And even though it was so left, and it's funny because my best friend, she doesn't watch wrestling. She'll only watch it with me, like, for pay-per-views and certain stuff. But even she will always say, like, it's so weird, but I can't help but watch them. And she always called the Bra- uh, the Wyatt family the Duck Dynasty, so it's always so funny to me. Um, <laughs> but it's something about Bray Wyatt. Like, he has the charisma. He makes you want to watch him, no matter how odd the story is. Whereas Bo Dallas, I I don't feel like he has the talent or the charisma. And it's really hard for me to say that because I never want to feel like I'm disrespecting somebody that puts their, you know, all into a craft. But some people have talent and some people don't. It is what it is. Um, Braun Strowman, to be honest, totally not a fan. I've never been a fan. Um, It's not, he can't wrestle. I just find it funny that, People talk about Roman Reigns can't wrestle and it's like, oh, you just pretty much just beat people up. Like Braun Strowman does the same thing. So it's like, how do you guys sit here and cheer Braun Strowman so hard and say, you know, y'all don't say he can't wrestle. But with Roman Reigns, it's like, oh, you can't wrestle. All you all you do is like beat guys up like your whole game is about strength. Okay, there's a lot of guys that couldn't really, if you want to say wrestle and their style was more about strength and it's like, why is it such a, like, I never understood, like, how they can let Braun Strowman just be all about strength, and they cheer him, and they don't say he can't wrestle, but with Roman Reigns, it's always, oh, you can't wrestle, all this and that. To be honest, people are not going to admit this, namely the men, because it's really the men who don't like Roman Reigns. Men are jealous, and they're intimidated by Roman Reigns, just my 100% honest opinion. Roman Reigns is freaking hot. Let's be honest. He's a very attractive man. Very, extremely attractive man. He's super talented. He has the talent. Granted, his might skills started off very, very tough. They've gotten better, but I still feel like they need a little bit of tweaking. But Roman Reigns is extremely talented. Men are just really intimidated by him because females like him, plain and simple. Um, Cesaro. 
one of the greatest talents they have ever had in WWE. I feel like he's very underrated. Um, <laughs> it's just very annoying that he has so much talent and they, they just do him that way. Like when him and Sheamus tag team together, man, they have some great freaking matches. He's had great singles matches. And it's just like, especially it seemed like he stepped it up so much more when him and Sheamus got in a tag team. The matches tag, like, oh my God, like I'm getting so excited right now. I was like, you guys, because I just remember how great these matches were. So Sheamus and Cesaro, when they were battling Rollins and the departed, (laughs) the departed Dean Ambrose, who is now in AEW as John Moxley or now just Moxley, um, they had some phenomenal matches. Like Cesaro even hit the post, hit one of the ring posts and knocked his two front teeth into his mouth, jammed them into his gums. And he still finished the freaking match. And you couldn't even tell anything had happened. Like that is determination. That is ambition. That is talent. And I wish he would get more of a opportunity. Daniel Bryan, um, as a lot of people like to refer to him as the Cinderella story, Daniel Bryan, definitely one of the best technical competitors out there. Um, I mean, seeing as that he has, you know, a family, he has like, you know, already one kid, you know, he's married, you know, him and Brie Bella are expecting their second child. At this point, I don't know what his career holds. I'm starting to think he's not gonna, well, I'm not gonna say starting to think he has made comments that he would not be a full-time wrestler, but it's a very sensitive situation. So, I mean, if you watch Total Bellas, you know how sensitive this is. So I am not going to go too much into that. Dolph Ziggler, I feel like, I don't want to say he's a lost cause, but it's just kind of like, at one point he was like the man pots and pants. Like, I remember at Survivor Series, like, what was that? Maybe four, no way, it's 2020. So maybe six years ago or something or uh, five years ago. Didn't you guys have him being the freaking sole survivor that got rid of the authority? And even though, you know, Sting came in and did a little something, something. But y'all let Dolph put on a phenomenal performance over the months, the Intercontinental Championship matches he had. And then you just kind of took it away from him. I don't, I don't really understand what they're doing with him, but it's, it's a little sad because he's proven to, you know, be a really good talent. Drew Gulak, I don't really have too much to say. I Honestly, I'm not feeling him. I feel like he should probably go back to 205 Live. Elias, I've never been a fan. I honestly don't really see too much of a real career in WWE for him. Um, I just, I don't, it's really hard to get him in good storylines. Maybe we'll come back to that one. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I mean, I don't really have much to say. I mean, as it's, it's weird as he is, and as much as I didn't want to like him when he first came to the company years ago, you know, uh, Will came back to the company. Um, he he hasn't disappointed. He 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 definitely has a he has a talent. He has a very unique style, and I respect it. Um, Grand Metal League. I feel like he's a wasted talent. He's very talented. I feel like they don't do enough with him. I wish they would do more. Um, I'm going to skip over Jackson Ryder. I really don't know what to say about that one. I'm still trying to, still trying to wrap my head around that one. I'm trying to fill him out more. Uh, the legendary Jeff Hardy, I mean, the freaking Hardy boys and separately or together, both of them have had great careers. Uh, Jeff has had an extremely wonderful career. One of the best high fires in history, uh, 
one of the definitely groundbreaking for sure. I will definitely use the words groundbreaking, phenomenal when it comes to him. He has done some things. I like he man, he made me want to be a superhero when I was a kid. And he was so freaking hot too. Uh the Usos. Jimmy and Jay, I think it's clear that their intent is to go their whole careers as a tag team. Um, as talented as I think they are, I don't think they would have really successful singles careers in WWE. I feel like it's possible if they were like an Impact Wrestling or uh, ROH maybe. I honestly couldn't see them doing anything. If if they were to so happen ever leave WWE, and I honestly feel like that would be a devastating loss to the company, uh, Only the only way I could see them possibly being successful as single competitors is if they were like an Impact Wrestling. Or I can't even say New Japan. I would definitely say New Japan if it wasn't the simple fact that both of them are married with kids, and I don't think that would... uh, I don't think well, that would be an easy change for their family. So... Um, but definitely one of the greatest for sure. I definitely put them up there with the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian. They have pulled off some stuff. So mad respect to the Usos. They are amazing. John Morrison, uh, originally from Eminem back in the day. Definitely um, a good talent that he's come back. Kalisto, definitely underutilized. I feel like he's an amazing talent. Um, I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin. I never really understood his purpose. Like, he does good ring work, but he, his character is just, it never clicked for me. I just, he would definitely be a no for me. If anything, he would probably be a work at main event all the time and never get like on, never get on freaking raw or SmackDown in my opinion. Kofi Kingston, Kofi mania. Oh my God. I just wish they would have did Kofi better. He deserves so much better to like lose and then just kind of put him back in the tag team, you know, story that just kind of annoyed me um Lindsay Dorado definitely one of the best high flyers I have ever seen very talented I feel like he needs to be utilized more the Miz he's more of that he's that employee that you have the kind of does anything because you know they will and it's like he does the press he can do all the commercial stuff um Mojo Riley don't even know what to say Mustafa Ali definitely underutilized I feel like he needs to get back more on TV. They need to have him back in the storylines. Otis, part of Heavy Machinery with Tucker. I definitely need to see them more. Robert Root, kind of don't even know say what happened to you. Roman Reigns, definitely one of the best. People may want to argue with me over that, but <laughs> but Roman Reigns, definitely one of the best. Uh, just go through a couple other names. Sami Zayn, don't even really know what's going on with him, but Sheamus, Shinsuke... Is Xavier Woods definitely, and Chad Gable even, definitely some great talents. As far as the female talent, I've never been a fan of Alexa Bliss. I feel like, not even to be rude, but I feel like she got put over, I feel like she got pushed over more deserving people. I feel like Sasha was definitely more deserving than Alexa Bliss was. Like, Alexa Bliss wasn't even that much of a hot commodity in NXT. Like, I really think that they they kind of fucked over Sasha the way they did, like putting Alexa Bliss in front of her. I definitely think Sasha's more talented because to be honest, I don't care what anybody says. Like Alexa cannot wrestle. It's just that she's athletic and it looks like she makes it look like she can wrestle, but she can't wrestle. And Sasha is a very, very, very great wrestler. Bailey, 
again, definitely one of the best, one of the most underrated, but Daily has the talent. Carmella has so much potential. She just needs to stop trying to play dress up all the time. Dana Brooke, I'm not even sure what to say because I feel like she has the potential, but they just don't use it right. Ember Moon, we'll see what happens when she gets back into the cut, but she's definitely very talented. Uh, definitely Mandy Rose, Sasha Banks. You know, well, well, Mandy Rose does have a lot of potential. We just need to see more. Lacey Evans, because they pushed her so much last year, which really annoyed me a lot. Uh, she is very talented. She just needs a little bit more polish. But it's not like SmackDown doesn't have some good talent. I just don't understand their... I just don't understand their way of utilizing them right now. Like, it's just... It's not really making sense as to where they're going with these storylines on SmackDown. There, I don't feel like everybody's being utilized properly. So we're we're gonna have to figure out what's going on there. Now back to WrestleMania. So again, this WrestleMania is the Mania first, the first to be held with no live audience, the first to be held at a uh, the WWE Performance Center, the first time ever to uh to not event. Just to recap and you know give you some facts uh, some facts here. So, let's just cut to the chase. One of the people who I feel like is one of the best talents. How the hell did Cesaro end up on the pre-show? I mean, at least he made the cut for WrestleMania, but come the hell on. Uh, Like, the pre-show in like a four and a half minute match, like, come the hell on. Um, The show itself, you had the women's tag team championships on the line. Bliss and Cross uh, defending against the Kabuki Warriors. I'm sorry. I totally said that. <laughs> I, t- I totally said, okay, no, I'm right. I'm right because, no, I did say that wrong because Asuka and Sane, that Kari Sane was the champions. I'm going crazy to tell you guys. So the Kabuki Warriors defending against Bliss and Cross <laughs> in a decently, you know, decent match. It's about 15 minutes. I felt like the match, honestly, was not that good. I felt like the match could have been way better. So we're just going to skate past that. Elias with Baron Corbin, to be honest, nobody cares. That was nine minutes of my life I can't get back. Um, the match that I was excited for and the only match I really gave that much of a damn about was the man Becky Lynch against Shayna Baszler I definitely felt like it would have been a very bad decision for and honestly it just would have been bad for business anyway for Shayna to come in and defeat Becky like I feel like Shayna is extremely talented however I feel like she still needs a little bit to learn she still has a little bit to learn um, it was about an eight and a half minute match. Definitely a great match. It started off a little slow, but definitely got more intense near the end. And it was definitely a good match, in my opinion. The Sami Zayn against Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship. Honestly, I love Daniel, but I didn't even bother to watch this match because I just, the story was just not interesting to me. So I wasn't invested. Uh, John Morrison on behalf of the tag team of Morrison and Miz, a triple threat match defending against Jimmy Uso representing the Usos and Kofi Kingston representing the New Day. Uh, Morrison and Miz ended up retaining in an almost 20-minute match. Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. 
Uh, Seth Rollins basically wanted to prove that, you know, Kevin Owens is going to be nothing more than a failure at WrestleMania. And Seth ended up getting the short end of the stick on that one, buddy. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, both amazing talents. They both will always give you a freaking highlight reel. I just, I'm, I definitely feel like the character for Seth is good. I just, it's not a hundred percent believable to me. Like, I feel like he maybe needs a little bit of coaching on some stuff because some of it is coming off a little rehearsed, a little fake, but it's a, it's a good gimmick for him. Uh, KO, <laughs> the crazy thing is I'm not a fan of KO as a character for the simple fact that I hate him being face. As much as it's, oh, I would want him to be face, he is a way better heel. And it annoys me when he's heel because he's always such a jackass. But he is a way better heel than he is face. Um, and so I feel like it's a lot harder for them to do storylines for him when he's face too, just from what I've seen. Um, but definitely a good match. As we know, there was some interference on the behalf of Steph Rollins' stable. And, you know, it ended up being no disqualification and Kevin Owens defeated him. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Goldberg was the defending the universal title. Um, originally, that match was scheduled to be Goldberg, the champion, versus Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns had to drive out due to, you know, health concerns because of the COVID-19. As you remember, Roman left WWE a little over a year ago due to his issues with leukemia. So, you know, he has a compromised respiratory system, a compromised uh, immune system. And, you know, since we all know how the COVID-19 attacks, understandably, he had to step away. I was very upset about this because I felt like it should have just been that particular match should have been postponed. But to be honest, I literally got to the point where I started begging for WrestleMania in general to be postponed because basically what I thought was going to happen was going to happen because before they even announced the two night event thing I said to myself do you know how many people just as far as talent are there during Wrestlemania it's no way they're going to be able to safely regulate this they're going to probably end up splitting this up sure enough what happens a week later here they come with the oh it's a two night event and I'm sitting there like I gotta be freaking psychic or something um, and one of the most confusing matches, uh, the Undertaker versus AJ Styles Boneyard match. Clearly, again, all this was pre-recorded. Even if it was live, even if the show itself was live, the Boneyard match would have had to be pre-recorded. As you know, like those type of matches have to be pre-recorded. Uh, it's kind of impossible for the crew to follow them. They don't really do that anymore, like how they did back in the Attitude area. So, um, that would have been pre-recorded regardless. Um. Of course, the old, you know, part of the OC, Gallows and Anderson interfered several times, but Undertaker still defeated Styles. Even though this match was very, very odd, the crazy thing is AJ Styles will always give you a good match. The Undertaker, a legendary, will always give you a show. They were beating the hell out of each other. And, you know, it's funny because... After that, Undertaker was being interviewed and he said that AJ Match, uh, I said AJ Match, while AJ Styles can have a match with a broom and make it look good. And let me tell you, AJ Styles could definitely have a match with a broom and make it look good. He is definitely one of the best 
that have ever in the history, the lineage of wrestling has ever just truly phenomenal. The word phenomenal, the fact that he's referred to as the phenomenal AJ Styles, that is one of the most suiting, suiting names ever because he, he definitely is one of the best. He will make anything look good and I can respect it. I feel like it's, in a sense, it's comforting because he's always being safe. And I just, I, I definitely respect and appreciate what he does for the business. So shout out to AJ Styles and The Undertaker both. Um, part two, that was just part one of the pre-show. Uh, part two of the pre, I'm sorry. That was part one of WrestleMania. Part two of WrestleMania, the pre-show included Liv Morgan and Natalia, where Liv Morgan defeated the very talented, legendary Natalia. Uh, decent match. Uh, I definitely feel like Liv is coming into her own. I definitely feel like she has talent to go places. If they you keep using her correctly and booking her correctly, she can go places. So that was about six and a half minutes on the pre-show. Definitely a great match. Um, the match that honestly everybody wanted to see, uh, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley uh, for the NXT Championship and Charlotte defeated Rhea. I was a little annoyed by this for the simple fact that um, I don't really like Charlotte. She's very talented. I will give her that. And I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but I feel like it's kind of rude the way they kind of try to make it seem like she just works for everything. Like, don't get me wrong. She always delivers. She always delivers. However, I feel like she only gets as many opportunities as she does because she's Rick Flair's daughter and we know how close Rick is to Vince, especially Triple H. And again, she's a hard worker. She always delivers, but there's been other people that delivered and didn't get as many opportunities as she has that she has gotten. There's been plenty of people that you know, gave a great effort. There's been times that she lost and still got an opportunity. Like, I don't think that's right. I don't think it's fair. I think the politics for that particular situation uh, situation is very, very unfortunate because she gets more opportunities than everybody else. So I think that's very, uh, I think it's wrong. I think it's not fair. I think it's bullshit, but whatever. Um, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. You know, I was very confused about that match originally and it was it was decently good. It was decently good. Honestly, I've never been a fan of Bobby Lashley. It's very hard for I've never been invested in any storyline he's done to be honest. This whole thing with him Rusev and Lana and you guys know Rusev left Lana, about six months ago, had signed a five-year contract, so Rusev was still in negotiation, so uh, Rusev is going, Lana's still with the company, but I've never been a fan of Bobby Lashley. I just, (laughs) he has so much potential, it's just he's not used properly. He's never been used properly, in my opinion. I feel like he was used better in ECW, but whatever. Aleister Black is definitely a talent. He is somebody to watch, for sure. I feel like he can... He can freaking go places in this company. He has so much freaking talent. I, and his 
his character, his his charisma, like this works. Like I love this character for Alistair Black. Like he has a lot to offer. So I feel like you should keep your eyes on him. Um, Otis versus Ziggler over this whole Mandy Rose Sonya Deville situation. Otis won. I'm not gonna talk too much about this because I understand they're trying to make sure everybody gets a storyline, which I definitely appreciate and respect. But it's just I don't even know what to say about that. The match I really, really, really wanted to see. Edge versus Orton, last man standing. It was about 35 minutes or so. Um, This match did not freaking disappoint. This match did not freaking disappoint. I love the fact low-key that this was at the Performance Center because they came up with so much weird creative stuff that I was so freaking with it, man. I freaking love it. The Street Profits versus... Angel Garza and Austin Theory for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, it was fairly a short match, but it was good. My only beef with it is that I feel like it's a little bit of disrespectful to the championships and the champions holding the belts. That this was only a six and a half minute match where, well, let's be honest, we've seen Raw Tag Team Champion match matches go for 20, 30 minutes sometimes. So I feel like they're kind of playing the Street Profits out a little bit. I definitely feel like they need to put a little bit more respect on them. Um, Bailey in the Fatal Five way with Lacey, Evans, Naomi, Sasha, and Tamina. I felt like the match could have been better. It was like about 20 minutes. It could have been better. Uh, Sasha only lost again because fucking around with Bailey and it came to help Bailey. Uh, the Fiend versus John Cena in the Fire uh, Firefly Funhouse match. <sighs> Honestly, they could have kept that shit. So let's just keep it moving. Like I respect the fact that John Cena showed up to WrestleMania, but I'm just mad that he didn't get to actually wrestle. Like that just kind of annoyed me. So whatever. Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Let me tell you something, baby. I was geeked as hell to Drew McIntyre with Brock's ass. I'm so sick of Brock Lesnar. I don't feel like what Vince said a few years ago when Roman Reigns called Brock and Vince out for that, saying that Brock gets this treatment and he, you know, only, you know, can he only works when he wants, basically. And Vince is like, oh, well, he's um earned certain privileges. What the hell did Brock ever really earn? His first run in WWE, he was there for like a year and a half, and then he left for like, what, seven years, came back for like, what, a few months left again and then came back like what did he really earn brock has not earned shit let's be honest vince is just fucking scared of him and vince needed somebody that he knew people wanted to see and let's be honest not that many people really freaking like brock like people only really make it seem like they like brock for real because they know he's an asshole and most people are assholes i'm not necessarily gonna take anything away from brock because he is a great talent he is a phenomenal talent, but no offense, he's really earned nothing. So I feel like it's just more of a, he he's a diva. I don't feel like he's putting enough work for him to act like that. Uh, the dark match with Big Show coming out, challenging Drew for the championship. Drew won. We already knew the Big Show was retired. That was just annoying. So <laughs> whatever. I definitely feel like WWE needs to be more aware of what they're doing right now. This is a very hard time, I understand, but I'm gonna just end this by saying, I guess we'll just have to wait to see how this is all gonna turn 
once this pandemic is over and everything is back to normal. That's going to be the real challenge. That's going to be the real test. So, you guys, that is my time. This is On the Mat and in the Room with Coco. I'm Coco. See you guys next time.